When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, today, uh, before we jump in, we'd love to, if you'd leave a review on iTunes and, or wherever you listen to podcasts, those five stars do really help. Um, we'd also like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. Um, first of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shoe machine on the market. I'll get it out. Um, not only are they innovative, it's unbelievable how shooting machines are, are have changed. You know, I remember when they used to have those long metal racks coming from the court, um, but how they've innovated, how they put the trainers right in front of you. It's unbelievable. So go over and check it out. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It's the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. There's nothing else on the market like it. Nowhere else are you going to get the bat phone to the person running it. No, you know, yes, they might do quarterly or monthly or weekly calls, but they're not, they're not on your backing call. If you have a question, if you have an email, trust me, I will get back to you. I will respond. I will get on a call with you that day. So come over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Let's head off to the podcast. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, what happened to your arm? Uh, believe it or not, I'm a big, big biker, road bike. Um, I do about 3,000 miles a year, and a car hit me last Sunday. Are you okay? Uh, basically rolling through a stop sign, not really looking straight ahead, but he looked to his right and his left, and I was right in front of him, making a left-hand turn on the road he was coming from, and he plowed into me. So I fractured my elbow and my wrist. Oh, what kind of bike did you have? I have a, it's called a Trek speed concept. Oh, trust me, Trek or Wisconsin bike. So, yeah, um, no, I know. So oh, I ordered good. it last January 1st and it came in finally July 15th. Yeah. And, um, it's a, um, it's really a, a tr- triathlon, um, speed bike. It is, uh, you know, like a time trial bike. Right. Awesome. Awesome. How was your helmet? Um, everything was good except for, uh, did damage to my bike. He didn't bend the frame. Luckily he, uh, broke a pedal, uh, broke my chain, broke my back derailleurs, uh, cracked my, uh, arrow bars. So those are going to be replaced. Placed. Okay. Oh, well, I'm glad you're doing all right. Yeah, I'm fine. Hey, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, very coordinated with my right arm. So I bought a, I bought a scoot. I bought an electric scooter to go to work. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, Cause I didn't want to be sweaty when I got to work. So I didn't want to bike to work. Um, <laughs> So it's nice. It takes me 10 minutes to get to work. It takes me seven minutes in my car. So no, no. So yeah. uh, when I ride, there's this one woman, she's got to be in her seventies. And um, I, like five times a summer, she's like a couple hundred yards ahead of me. So I don't know who it is and I'm trying to catch up. So I'm going really, really hard. I'm going, I'm never gaining any, you know, getting close to her. And then finally I see her. She has an electric scooter. Scooter. She's going like uh, 28 miles an hour. Right. You're no. never going to catch her. Okay. No. So let's, so let's talk one, three, one. Cause people have had a lot of questions on this after our last podcast. Yeah, um, absolutely. 
So let's talk. Okay. So what is let's this talk. volume good? Yeah, this is great. So okay. um, how do you run it? Do you run it uh, half court? Do you run it full court? Do you run it stacked? So give me, give me some gist of how you run it initially, and then I'll throw in questions. Oh, absolutely. So um, when we score, um, my chaser, and I'll, I also have a whiteboard yep, behind yep. me. Okay. I'll draw a basketball court in a second. But when we score, my chaser picks up at the um, opposite foul line. Okay, and so your chaser is the top person of your yeah, one Chaser is the top player. So okay. the words I use, chaser, and then the bottom guys are point guard. And then we go three across. So we have a if, – if I'm standing on the baseline, I'm looking at the backs of my defenders. Yep. The left wing, I always put a uh, quick um, – Tough kid there because most teams are attacking him with the right hand. Right. So I always put our smaller of the two wings on that side, and I have him be really aggressive. But then our back other wing, the so if you're looking at our yep. defense, the right wing is over the last 15 years, 14 of the last 15 years, that kid has always been our leading rebounder because most teams are right-handed, and most teams shoot more shots from that side than they do the other side, generally. Okay. And then my center. So when we score – uh, my chaser, the top guy, picks up at the opposite foul line, and then I put three across the half-court line, our left wing, our center, and our uh, right wing. Okay, so how do you stop them from not throwing over that half-court? Because literally, as soon as the ball's inbounded, so basically they'll have an inbounder, and they know it's a 1-3-1, one, one, so they'll have generally one guard in the backcourt. Right. And so they'll go two guys against my chaser. Okay. So once the ball's... We start playing right when the ball's inbounded. My chaser runs up and side saddles. Let's say they pass to a right-handed point guard, and he's going to come down the right sideline. So my chaser um, immediately attacks him. And if a team is not real skilled and if a team doesn't really know how to uh, walk the ball up, reverse it, walk the ball up, reverse it, if he the ball handler tries going too fast, we'll trap that right at half. You trap that. Okay. So go, go draw, draw. Can you go draw that on the thing, and then Absolutely. I have a couple on the um absolutely and then i'll tell you what we do on missed shots because what's what, what would happen in our league and i can tell you what would happen in our league is they would put two guards and they would play they would play catch back and forth over that chaser and then eventually throw it over that three at half court or try to no that you're right but if if they're doing that then we start backing up at half court with our wing our uh, center and our wing okay okay we start back paddling and getting to their spot so basically the old coaching line right that? so the old <laughs> the, coaching the line hashes, is what yes. our players use uh, that's as far up as they'll ever go on a wing so okay. basically on the score my chaser would be here my wing would be here my center would be here in yep. the center circle and then my other one would be here okay so they inbounded right here can you see this yes that's perfect yep so my inbounder or the inbounder hits here and then he starts dribbling up and eventually he'll get side saddle on him and he'll take three or four dribbles and he'll reverse it here and he'll take three or four dribbles there's this thing called a 10 second uh you know <laughs> half court. right so if you take seven or eight seconds i don't care so so I, it, that trap is hard though for the wing to come up and trap that guard. It is, is it we, don't, we don't come up this way. So what he does is he'll start retreating. And this kid's going really, really fast. My chase is right on him. He's, he's on the side of him. Yeah. He'll come up and trap either, you know, right on that in the backcourt or right over half court. If they okay. present us 
you know, if it's an inexperienced varsity guard, most varsity guards wouldn't do that. But if it's an inexperienced varsity guard, we'll trap that every single time. Right, right, right. They, they, yeah. We just don't see guards that would do that very often. I, I just know they're not going into that. And if they do, they're going to be able to turn the corner on it. So it's almost like the wing there on that the three across has to play a little bit of cat and mouse. Yeah, they do. Um, and my guys yeah. play cat and mouse. But let's just say that uh, they don't do that. And generally speaking, most offenses end up something like that. Yep, 2-1-2. Two, one, two, two. One, two. Yep. You know, they'll overload or they'll run a zone rotation where – Ball goes the corner, he'll drop, he'll flash, he'll replace, leave a spot, fill a spot. Um, but once we're in our base defense, what it would look like is our chaser is side saddle. Our center has his feet, his toes on the three-point arc facing the ball, um, arms outstretched. Our wing playing the outside shoulder of the top guard because I never want a direct pass to the corner. I always, always want the offensive player to have to either step around our track or he has to fake, fake, fake. and Because that corner can kill you. That corner can kill you. It does, but we have ways to uh, combat that. Okay. So, and then our point guard never leaves the paint. He's on the top side of the block, and he has his rear end into any low post player. That's his first priority. It's almost impossible for this kid to throw that when he has a center in the way. The point guard's on top of it. He's fronting, basically. And we have a double team trap. So I've always told the point guard, they should be kind of uh, lining up with the ball. So if the ball goes to the other, they should always kind of be uh, in a, in a line with the ball. They always have to be ball side block above the block. If there's nobody there, they're still above the block. And their rule is called airtime. They go to the corner on airtime when the ball is in the air between the top guard and the corner. Okay. And why, why do you say above the block? Why did you pick above, above the block? Because it would be harder for the low post player to get around him and screen him so he can't get to the corner. Okay. And um, I never want uh, anybody to be able to throw a pass from out here or at the high post, a direct pass, a low post. So I always have our point guard. He tries to make the top because my point guard is going to be smaller than their low post kid. So I tell him to put his rear end right into his stomach and make right. the kid tall. So he'll be above the block. He'll put his rear end in to make that tall 6'4", six, 6'5", six, kid play smaller. What happens if there's no one in the block? And he still plays above it. He still plays That's above it. Hard. Okay. Yeah. And I like, I, I like, so explain a little bit more what you meant by the wing not allowing a direct pass to the corner. Because I, I think that's an issue coaches have a lot is they get, they come up and do that trap or they go high and then all of a sudden direct pass to the corner and, and boom, boom, a couple threes from the corner. Exactly. And, like, and I'll tell yeah. you exactly why. And this is what I figured out, I don't know, 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. Um, the reason you want to play both wings on both outside shoulders of both top guards is so they cannot, that kid can't throw a direct pass. So the key word I'm using is direct pass. When a other team is allowed to throw direct passes, your one, three, one is going to be picked apart. So we try everything in our power to make kids conceptually and basketball IQ understand why they play the outside shoulder. So this is the reason why what you just said, teams get broken down is because right here, for example, my backside wing is outside the paint. He's not on the arc. He's, he's above the block. He's outside the paint. So he has one foot on the lane line and one foot outside the paint. Okay. Okay. 
the center is here, my wing and chaser are here, and then my point guard's here. So let's just say they throw a top-to-top -to -top pass. Which is this a common one that they we call them rainbows. We want yeah. so you, I, okay, before before we dive into this, do you ever have the chaser gap it and kind of play cat and no. mouse? So, nope. No. Okay. No. And, and the reason not? I don't do that is because this is who we are. This is my identity. I'm not saying another coach wants to run through want, wants to run the one three one. They want to do it that way. That's but what I find is pressure. I don't know some coach said this one time, pressure makes cowards of us all. Right. And what I find is if you're constantly pre pressuring the other team for 32 minutes, which we do, you know what? Maybe not in the first quarter, but in the fourth quarter, they're tired. We're tired. And if we keep trapping. They're right. Gonna turn no, I 100% agree with it. But what we've done is we've done what you've described. And then we're up seven with three minutes to go. We'll go to what we call like a gap one, three, one, where he they don't know if he's going to come trap or not and then it's like that pass from the from the top to the top is harder when there's well, space I, I agree but <laughs> let me just throw one um thought to you on that so we okay. do the exact same thing except we call it shrink so when we are up seven in the fourth quarter three minutes to go in the game we're still pressuring the ball all over the court, but we shrink the defense. My chaser and wing, when they trap, they're only one or two feet outside the arc. So we're, we're tighter and closer to the basket when we go shrink defense at the end of the game, but we're still gonna pressure the ball uh, all over. Okay. So okay. we're doing the same thing you're doing, except for, see, the only thing I, I like this because if you're gapping, the chances of um, a real good ball handler splitting the gap chaser and the wing become dramatically higher. By by having a double team on that kid, it's a lot harder for that kid to split you all the time. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And so, so we'll say the guard, the guard that has it up top is really quick, and your guards aren't as quick. How do you not? How do you stop them from? gapping that trap high. exactly how we do it the reason i have my center with his toes on three-point arc he's got four rules in his life when he plays for me <laughs> okay but one of his rules is the major rule is for this scenario right here is the top priority in his life right now is to stop dribble penetration eventually during the game their guards are going to um, split us 30 times in a game it happens okay okay but what happens is as this kid maybe catches the reversal pass, and as my wings coming up, my chaser come back over, he splits. Well, if he splits to the outside, he's heading to the sideline. I could care less about that. Okay. But if he splits towards the middle, now we have to play that. So what happens is literally my center runs up, and he attacks the ball. The chaser is digging with his inside arm, slapping at the ball. So he's coming to the ball handle. He's trying to slap it ahead, slap it ahead. And our wing is doing the same thing. So he's coming in also. So I know, you know, some coaches said, are, are you kidding me? You're going to have three guys on the ball? Yeah, we have three guys on the ball. And because they're all bunched in together on the ball handler, that's hard for that kid to throw out of the three-man trap. It really is. And so our rules on that is the backside wing has the first pass out this way. And our point guard has the first pass out this way. And as soon as the ball's in the air, then everyone goes back to where they would be in their one, three, one position. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So go back up to that, go back up to the top again and go through, go through the rules for, so you have four sets of rules, chaser rule, center rule. So the center rules, let's just, while we just talked about center, yeah. the center rules are real simple. 
He's okay. got four rules. Top priority rule number one is when the ball crosses half court, he's already starting to think about splits. He attacks okay. splits. Yeah. And I'll give you a, a prime example of uh, one of my centers that I had, the mentality he had. He's already starting to think, my first priority is to attack a split. So I had a kid at my other school. Right now we're at Hamilton where I'm still this entering my 40th year this year. But when I was at Faithful Manly, I said, double A school, which is the largest enrollment in New York state. I mean, we played great teams, right? But I had a kid as a freshman, his dad was a running back for the New York giants and he was working for Doug Marone, um, for Syracuse university football team. Well, anyways, his son played basketball as a uh, freshman on varsity, he was six, six, about two forty, as a freshman. Right. So anyways, he used to attack kids when they tried splitting our, uh, chaser in our wing and he would, crush the kid and so and I didn't care about that because early in the game you pick up a foul I don't care you pick up your third foul in the third quarter I don't care right uh, what he would do is he would after he knocked the kid down and fouled the crap out of the kid he would reach down help the kid up he says if you come in here again I'm going to do the same thing to you you know so basically <laughs> the mentality is and that other guard who got crushed by a 6'6 240 pound freshman said you know what I'm not going in there again <laughs> right right Okay, so so that's one rule. What are the other three rules for the so The other rules are um, when you line up with your toes on the arc, arc. facing okay. the ball, um, you don't have to be an exact direct line between the ball and the basket. Your point guard will, because my center has his back to the basket, he's just facing the ball. My point guard will say, say there's a high post kid behind him. He'll say, hey, two steps to your left, two steps to your right. And he has to have uh, outstretched arms like he's a scarecrow. Okay. Um, so he has his toes on the arc. He has his arms outstretched. He's already starting to think, you know, if that kid splits, I'm going to attack the ball. And then his last rule, which is as important out of 100 times, the center is here and the ball goes from the top to the corner. He runs down. He doesn't look for anybody here. He runs down and he fronts 100 out of 100 times. He doesn't side front. He doesn't three quarter front. He front fronts. Um, okay. 100 out of 100 times. That's his job. Okay. Okay. Right. Now, yep. I'll show you a couple of things that we've changed, which has really, really added to our steals and um, breakaways with our center. Not necessarily him, but he's the one that comes up with steals and then our chaser or one of our wings has a breakaway. So I used to, when the ball went top guard to top guard like that, yep. my center would be cut. He'd go down to the nail and come back out. And I didn't like that. So what I have him do now is he runs literally outside the arc and gets to that position. And what I found is by having my chaser and my wing like that, and we, we get a deflection, my chaser gets a deflection, that ball is bouncing in this dead area right here before it goes to this top guard. My center has come up and got Okay, that. so go through the rotations of what everyone does. The chaser chases the ball. What are yeah. the other three? What do the other people do on that so, pass from – because that's probably the most common pass on a one versus a one, three, one. Yeah. So real simple. And I'm going to answer you. You asked a really good question about why we play outside shoulders. And I'll show you exactly what, what I do differently. And so to answer your question, what other coaches are not doing. And I'll tell you exactly. So the way backside wing is right above the block, one foot on the lane line, one foot out. The more athletic he is, I let him take a step uh, towards the little hash marks on the foul line. Right. To the first hash or second hash. 
So the ball's right here. Let's just use, we'll go one player at a time. Okay. The chaser's here, the wing is here, the center is here, my point guard is here, and my backside wing is there. So he throws this pass right here. Let's answer the first question first, and I'll go through each guy. The reason I play outside shoulder is because if he throws here and it gets into him and they have a great shooter right here, he throws a direct pass. We never can get there. My point guard never can get there. No, ever. <laughs> did about 15 years ago. I banana cut the wing. So most teams, they'll run straight at the kid like that. And the kid just steps outside that guy and throws the corner. Right. We run out to the sideline and then up to his outside shoulder. That difference right there with your coaches that have asked you that question will solve that problem. Okay. So my backside wing runs out to the sideline and then he attacks this kid's left shoulder. So right. he can throw a direct pass to the corner. And that makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Do you, do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, So it, because you're taking angles away, you're taking the angle taking away. angles away. Okay. Right? And now, so on that pass right there, so the so the guard the 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 chaser basically just goes from ball to ball. He cha his, his name is Chaser, and I, I said, you know why you're the chaser? And he looks at me dumbfoundedly, like most of the kids <laughs> in my program. And he, you know, I go, do you know why you're a chaser? He goes, no. I said, because you chase the ball. <laughs> right. So right. When this top guard throws this kid right here, here's how all five guys move. Sorry about my. Uh, it's okay. No, it's good. So my center goes outside the arc, and now he realigns here. Okay. This wing right here, Chaser literally chases the ball. Now, he's not going to go a straight line because that kid's probably going to move forward. So he's going down, and then he's chasing the ball. Yeah. This wing, so if I'm the wing in a double team with a Chaser, and that kid throws that way to this other top guard right here, I open up, and I look at the ball the entire time, and I'm running screen back to the – ball side above the ball side block so i'm running straight line here as okay. this teammate runs out and out up and up okay and then the point guard just goes from block to block that's all he does he never goes to the corner only when the ball is passed in airtime from the uh, top guard to the corner so he's never, he doesn't have a foot outside the paint normally the point guard yeah no the point guard um i mean yeah he so I'll try to draw the block right here. So the block is right here. The point okay. guard is above the block. So he has one foot on the lane line and one foot outside the lane line. So if this kid throws there to the corner, because this wing should make it fairly difficult and Chase is coming over and our center is here and then our backside wing is here, he'll have enough time if that's a lob pass, okay. maybe a fake and a bounce pass. He'll have enough time to go to the corner, and then yeah. And then what's his what's his job once he goes to the corner? All right, I'll tell you exactly what his job is. <laughs> it's called scouting report. Okay. So <laughs> I probably scout just like you do. I, you know, going to my fortieth year, I'll have people when I go to a gym, they'll come up to me, and go, "God, is that all you do is scout?" I go, "Yeah, pretty much." Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so basically what I do on that is um, we'll say my point guard's name's Teddy. Okay. So before uh, we play a team in our league tomorrow, um, after our practice the day before, I, I'm still pretty old school. I don't do all the analytics and all that crap. I just yeah. basically, my scouting report is on a sheet of paper, tells who their five starters there is, their first sub, second sub, third sub. They play 
these are the defense they play. These are their best, you know, players, um, that kind of thing. I don't do right. diagrams. It's one page. So after practice, we meet in our uh, weight room, kids sit down and I go over five minutes of the scouting report. I said, we guys were good. So then I'll bring Teddy over at the end. I'll say, listen, the kid in the left corner is a great shooter. So when you, he catches the ball, you got to be right on top of him outside the arc, digging at the ball, make him and bounce it. And, wh- the- and, and when he bounces it, which way are you pushing it? So um, most of the time they're going to go the baseline. And so I have absolutely no problem with that. And I'll tell you why. Um, if the kid dribbles, so say he's in the left corner and he dribbles to the middle, uh, center is there. When we had the wing chaser trap out with this kid right here, here's their, their rotations. When the ball goes to the corner, our chaser goes to the ball side elbow. We have the back wing. We have our center fronting. So we have this spot, this spot, and this spot covered defensively. This wing right here, I'll, I'll go over rotations, but this wing normally would run down to the foul line extended and face the ball. He's in no man's land. And I'll tell you why one reason we do that. But let's say this kid in the corner is just such a stud. We won't track this first kid out as high. We'll back off this kid just a tiny bit. And now when the ball goes to the left corner, Teddy and the wing right here, we trap that all game long. You trap it. So if it's a good score, you want to trap them. Yes, we'll trap it. But I'll, okay. I'll show you in a minute some other things we can do. But let's just say it's a normal situation. The kid catches the ball. I'll say this. That's my point. All right. So I'll say, Teddy, the kid is right-handed player, great shooter. So get out. So Teddy will get right up on him. Now, over the last, not last year because it was coronavirus season, but previous to last year, over the previous eight years, I had two four-year starting point guards. One drew 87 charges in four years, and the other drew 93 charges in four years. So I require part of our defense for toughness is to say, all right, he's going to catch, he's going to drive baseline. So slide over for this direction, slide over, get in front of him, put your right foot on the uh, baseline. And when he hits you, go flying and your four teammates will pick you up. And I mean, we get so many, we had 180 charges in eight years. I mean, who does that? Right. And it's because they want to go baseline. So as soon as I know you're taking a charge in the baseline, I'm trying to go to the middle. So they go to the middle, you. then we have potentially the three-man trap. So if, if they go to the middle, and this kid has it right here, and Teddy is right here, point guard, our center's here, our chaser's here. So if he goes to the middle, he's going with his left hand, he'll dig in, he'll attack the ball, dig in, and he'll dig in. So we still have our three-man trap. He'll take like the that. first pass out here and he'll take the first pass off, okay? Okay. I mean, so do we have everything covered? No. So, so let's go through the rules. We went through the post rules. The cha- What's the chaser's rules? So the chaser's rules are real simple. I always have two chasers um, in our program. I have a starting varsity chaser, and then I have his backup. Okay. So, for example, at a 32-minute game of our starter plays, 25 or 26 minutes, the backup is guaranteed to play six minutes a game. Okay. Every game. Now, I try to have versatility so that backup chaser might also be our backup wing. So okay. he's going to you know, play both. But anyways, so the chaser's rules literally from here on a made basket to our half-court defense is to literally chase the ball. So okay. when it's back and forth, he's chasing, not playing in the middle right here. He's going after the ball. And now if the ball goes from top to corner, 
Then the chaser, who is right here and the wing is right here, he literally sprints the ball side elbow, and then he can come halfway. And then our center's fronting, our point guard's out so of the ball. So he never gets below the elbow. Say that again? The chaser never gets below the elbow. Uh, there will be some exceptions. Um, if because they're moving the ball faster than our defense set up, he might have to, you know, um, just use common sense and uh, chase the ball somewhere else. But for okay. the most part, he's chasing out front. He's always anticipating that we come up with a steal. So let's just say that, you know, we got a steal in this area right here. Well, he's not going to run down the elbow. He's wherever he is, he's just going to go to the basket. He's running straight line in the basket. This okay. summer, uh, we played eight summer league games. And my chaser probably had not summer league. So, you know, got to take all that into yes, effect. Um, right. Probably had four breakaway layups every game in the summer league. Just because okay. I've and got. And where does he get those steals from? Uh, the chaser gets, chaser gets steals by deflections a lot of places. So if he's right here and the wing is right here and our center is right here and they try to throw a top guard, top guard pass and it's deflected, he, he might run up and get it right in the middle of the floor. That means this wing's just going to, you know, anticipate that, or he may bounce it in here and the center comes up and gets that pass. And then the, the chasers just go in the basket. Okay. And while we're on it, I'll just give a coaching point. I know you say this probably a thousand times a week. I mean, I say it a thousand times in a week. Hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. If you are, maybe go over and check out coach Collins's other podcasts, teacher sidekick and high school hoops. Um, Subscribe, like, leave a five-star review, maybe. And then uh, also you can go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. All right, have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.